Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, April 23rd, and this is uh, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 22 in the chapter, There is a Solution. Reading the first paragraph beginning, this is by no means, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with, with respect to other matters and commenting on both, of course. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Stacy T, for the 12 traditions, Nancy H, and readers of the text are Allison L, Renee A, and in the, in the wings in case, you never know, Liz V. The share ID numbers for Monday, April 22nd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12,810, 12810. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 12,811, 12811. Our newcomer greeter is Jody E.Q. and the 8 a.m. host is Leslie M. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who suffers. At A Vision For You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'll now ask Stacy T. to read OA's 12 Steps. Good morning, Anita. This is Stacy T., a recovered compulsive overeater in Cleveland. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thanks so much, Stacy T. And I'll now ask Nancy H. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, Anita and everyone else. I'm Nancy H., a grateful compulsive overeater recovered in Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share and and do service. Thanks so much, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study of the big book and we are in the chapter, There is a Solution on page 22. B 
beginning with the very first paragraph, which starts, this is by no means, reading through two paragraphs ending with, with respect to other matters. And I've asked Allison L. to get us started. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Anita. Thank you. This is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic, as our behavior patterns vary. But this description should identify him roughly. Why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another debacle with all its attendant suffering and humiliation, why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he still sometimes displays with respects with respect to other matters. Well, good morning, family. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. Um, so these paragraphs today, um, yesterday we read about a description of the alcoholic, and it's reminding me that, okay, this there are some things you don't relate to. That's okay. It's a, it's a rough description of what you're like. And so the, the paragraph yesterday that we studied um, to me, it just talked about how inconsistent I am. Um, I'm not able to have any kind of consistency around my eating behaviors, my mood, my um, any of my behaviors, whether food-related or not. Um, I'm not able to have emotional consistency. Um, so that's my takeaway, and it's saying this is a, a rough description, and, and do I identify with that? Yes, that um, definitely describes me. Um, and now it's hitting me, right, you know, what I want to know. Well, why not? You know, why is it that I'm a, a smart person and I can have a good job and I can be kind and loving and I really want to be a good person? And why is it that I still pick up the food that I know is driving me in this cycle and pattern? Why do I take the first bite? Why is it? Why am I an addict? You know, that's what I wanted to know. So it's getting me here with these questions. And um, what I'm, what I've learned in my um, program and, and my recovery from, from all of my teachers here um, is that why is the wrong question? Why does not get me well? Why does not help me recover? Um, it does not restore my sanity. The question I need to ask is back on page 20 that we studied, and that, that question is, um, what do I have to do? That's what I need to ask um, and keep asking day by day. What, what is it that I have to do today um, to recover? And how can I do that? And guess what? It's the, it's the um, object of this book to answer that question for me. So that's why we keep studying it. Um, so I have to remember that asking why never got me well. I could research and research, um, you know, my, my history and um, try to figure it out. Um, and, and I never got well. I just kept eating because, you know, digging around in that just created more pain and never gave me a solution, never connected me to my higher power to know why. So I keep asking how, what can I do today um, and how do I do it? And then um, I don't overcomplicate it by asking why. I just follow the simple steps as they're outlined and I um, continue to be restored to sanity little by little um, and awaken more and more to who I am, who I was created to be so I can help uh, others and, and, and God, um, and that's my main purpose. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so very much for getting us started, Allison L. So if you haven't shared at the 7 a.m. meeting the last, say, Friday and Monday, please give me your name and um, 
if you'd like to share this morning. Laura M. Laura M. Reba P. Reba P. And who else was that? Another voice. Raquel. Raquel. Okay. Renee A. And Dorita P. And what was the other voice? Renee A. Renee A. And who, what's an M? Marcy? Marcella M. Patricia A. Marcella. Okay, that's fine. Now we've got a nice um, line up here. Okay. We have Laura M., Reva P., Raquel, um, Dorita P., Renee A., Marcella M., and Patricia A. Patricia K. 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 Okay, K. (laughs) All right, Laura and M., good morning. Your turn. Good morning. Good morning. This is Laura M. in Missouri with covering Compulsive Overeater. Um, these two paragraphs to me speak about identifying in, um, you know, the, our behavior patterns vary. Um, you know, we often hear on the line about, um, you know, and we just read about the hopeless, the, the real alcoholic, the hopeless variety. And, um, it reminds me that, you know, at the time that this book was written, you know, this book was written by and for um, folks that were, had reached that stage. It was sanitarium or death. Um, and that was the, that's who they were and that was the target audience. But yet they had the wisdom to realize that this program is accessible to anyone that is on that path. And I can get on this recovery train at any station. I don't have to wait until I've reached the station of oblivion before I can identify in because our behavior patterns vary. And, and then it goes on to talk, you know, um, about, you know, these questions. And that, again, what that reminds me of is step five, and when we when step five refers to the nature of our wrongs, because it's not these specifics, it's not the actions, um, you know, like we just heard, it's not the actions that matter, it's the exact nature. That's our common bond. It's the is the nature of the things that we do, and it's that spiritual malady, and that's the heart of what this recovery program takes us to. It's finding that spiritual recovery. And that's the common bond that we can identify in is along this path of recovery. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I was um, able to do that, to, to find my way past the differences and identify in at a stage where I could get on this recovery train with you all and find my, find my seat on the train or on the bus, as we say, talk about the bozo on the bus. Um, and, and get on this and get to the root of the causes and the nature, my nature, and, and how that is slowly changing into spirit nature for me as I walk this, as I trudge this road of recovery with y'all. And I'm so grateful to be with y'all again today. Have a wonderful day. I pass. Thank you so much, Laura M. Reva P. And then it will be Raquel. Good morning, Reva.
Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The second paragraph um, really um, speaks to me because I was the queen of why, and I can still be the queen of why questions, and I really thought I could apply logic to this disease the way I would do with other things. And if I answered the why question, I would just fix it and be good to go. Um, And I can still do that. Um, And you know, the other um, thing about why questions is it's sort of like like a two-year-old, like, why do I have to do this? And why is this like this? Um, And it's sort of um, like complaining about how things are and not wanting to take responsibility to do what I have to do um, to heal. And um, somebody once shared at a meeting, oh, I know the answer to the why question. The answer to the why question is because I'm an alcoholic, because I'm a compulsive overeater, and that's as complicated or as simple as it gets. And this is the nature of my disease. I have a physical allergy, and I have a mental twist, and there's no deeper, darker answer. Um, But like as it's been shared, the bigger question is what do I have to do um, to get well? The other thing that really strikes me is it says, you know, one drink means another debacle um, and I'm off to the races with the physical allergy. But I have to remember that even when the food is down, even when the allergy is not triggered, if I'm restless, irritable, discontent, and my mind starts going down that path, one thought means I'm in trouble because one thought without applying the steps, without doing what I need to do to unblock and access the power that keeps me neutral, one thought will take me right back to the same suffering. So whether it's the physical allergy um, taking me back to the disease or the thinking, um, I really have to do whatever I need to do um, and focus on that question that was asked before. You know, what do I have to do to live one day at a time in this state of reprieve? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so very much, Reva P. Good morning, Raquel. And then it will be Dorita P. Raquel, it's your turn. Good morning, Anita. Can you (laughs) Good morning. Yes, thank you. I almost told you the whole story right there and then before it's even 2 o'clock here. But this is so exciting to be with all of you, family. You are my brothers and my sisters. I love you all. Um, so in this paragraph, the, the why, why, uh, more or less, the next sentence says, that perhaps there will never be full answer to these questions. Okay. So I could go, I could do a Harlan for you, okay? Harlan, God bless you, Harlan. He says the whole litany of how he became who he became. He says, and you think that's why I'm a compulsive eater? No. I have the same answer. I can give you a litany, a story, and a dance about what happened when I was born into the Holocaust. That's what I have a problem with Harlan because he got to do it on Kit Kats, and I did it on dry bread with mildew cooked in water. But God bless him for how he straightened out my mind. It doesn't matter. That's who I am. So I I just recalled yesterday, I spoke about it to another friend. I knew somebody in Bridgeport who was a Holocaust survivor, like me. And he said, you know, 
I open the refrigerator and I don't know, I cannot decide whether to eat fish or meat or cheese or what. So I just, you know, get disgusted and I close the refrigerator and I go do something else. Well, God bless him. He's not a compulsive eater. And I didn't even go through the concentration camps and all that. And I am. That's who I am. I am what I am. Who said that? I think that the spinach guy. I'm can't remember his name, who I am who I am. You all know whom I'm talking about, the, the character. Anyhow, God is good to me, and I dared, after a few years of not even going to the Seder, Anita, please time me. I, I put on the timer, but didn't. So, you got another uh, minute. Thank you, thank you, sweetie. So the, the, the rabbi who absolved me of even trying to eat matzah on Passover. That's what it is now. I can't. And I can't drink wine. I make the blessings on plain water, and I can't eat. And I dared for the first time in a long time to go to the Seder to someone, because here I have already 10 years, 4 months, and 11 days. You know what? The way Bill W. said it in his article about the emotional recovery, he, he was sitting in front of St. Francis's prayer, and he, he, he was upset, and he was depressed, and he was saying, this depression is going to take me to the cleaners. I came home from that Seder very happy. I even managed to go the next day for lunch to another incredible, wonderful family. And at night, after I came back, I could have been taken to the cleaners. If not for the tools that we talk about, of calling somebody who I know is strong, and then calling mm. somebody who I know could be helped, I would have not been abstinent now. And thank you so much for being there for me. I love you all, and I pass. Thanks so much, Raquel. Thanks for sharing. Dorita, you are up, and then it will be Renee A. Hi. Did you call on me? This is Dorita? Yes, Dorita, yes. Good morning. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much, Anita, for your service. Uh, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, uh, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be here. And Raquel, the guy you was thinking of is Popeye with the spinach. Popeye, the, I think Popeye the Sailor Man, I think it's called. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, these paragraphs. Um, why does he behave this way? Um, well, I find well, I didn't know when I was out there, but I found out when I came here, uh, like others share, is because I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. Now, why do I have an allergy of the body? I don't know. Um, I used to say, well, you know, question in the very beginning, did my mother feed me too much? Did she overfeed me? Did, um, you know, all these questions. And... You know, so what? So what if she overfed me? And so what if it triggers something? Who knows and who cares? Um, you know, so if she overfed me, what I'm gonna have this resentment? So why did you feed your baby so much? <laughs> you know, uh, I need to work on um, what I need to do. Um, so I need to put the food down because I have this allergy of the body, and I need to work the steps um, to get rid of the obsession. And I'm just really grateful that it's just that simple. You know, this is a simple program, simple, 12 simple steps. 
but it's for complicated people like me. And I'm real grateful I have a seat here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Dorita P. Renee A. And then it will be Marcella M. Good morning, Renee. Good morning, Anita. This is Renee A. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, you know, I'm going to just echo what everybody else has said. When I read this uh, uh, this morning, I thought I thought of that um, that quote actually, or the sentence over on the next page on 23, where it says, "Once this malady has a real hold, they are a baffled lot." And you know, before I got to this program, I was a baffled person. I, you know, I had no idea how somebody um, with, um, you know, the common sense that I had, and I mean, I really had some, some fairly uh, neat gifts and talents, and uh, there were so many areas of my life that were actually, you know, partly together, not, not completely, but partly together, and, you know, I could not understand why it was that I continued to repeat this, this behavior pattern over and over and over. Um, you know, how could being 225 pounds and having multiple health problems because of my weight and having a plan to kill myself and talking myself out of it every single day, and some days I struggled, you know, to come up with a good reason not to just go ahead with that plan. And, you know, it is just, it's so baffling to me how a person can just continue over and over and over again to repeat that same deadly behavior. And yet I did for, um, well, for decades. And so, you know, I, today I just am so grateful for the, the, the solution that I find in this book because this book, just like, you know, people have shared right before me, um, you know, it, it makes it pretty simple. I've got, a, I've got an allergy of the body and I've got a mental obsession and I've got to treat both of those um, in order to be in any kind of recovery. And so, um, you know, I, I was just thinking about that and I was thinking about all the other things that I've tried, um, you know, things like uh, diets and, um, you know, the pay and ways and I've tried fasting and I've tried therapy and I've tried, you know, all of that kind of stuff and none of that worked. Um, you know, I even tried giving up desserts, but I was still eating my allergic foods in combinations, um, you know, in other foods that I was eating. And so, you know, the only thing for me that's worked, the only thing that's brought me uh, lasting peace and serenity, and the only thing that's delivered me from the allergy of the body is for me to get in here, um, get rid of all my allergic foods, be abstinent 100%, and work these 12 steps um, like the directions in the big book uh, tell me to do. And with that, I found a lot of peace and serenity. And so I'm grateful for you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Renee. All right, Marcella M., and then it will be Patricia K. Morning, Marcella. Good morning. My name is Marcella M. I'm a recovered composer or eater. Um, so why am I so, so real and why am I different from other people? Well, for the same reason I'm Mexican, I'm brown, and I'm short, not too tall, 
and I speak with an accent. Like, did I get any say on those things? No, I didn't. So now it's it either adapt or, or, or be miserable the rest of my life. So so I don't spend any time on that. Why? But um, as, what do I have to do now? Well, that is so easy and so achievable. It's so close to my that my my willingness and and what it's what it's sustainable. I have to consider my 24 hours ahead as, as soon as I wake up and awakening, and I pack my lunch, my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, weigh and measure, and the food probably is solved for the rest of the day, and I get to be skinny, fashionable, happy, joyous, and free, functional in a slender body for the rest of the day. And then I just connect with you guys, and I try to spread this message in Spanish. I spent a lot of time, pretty much my whole entire free time, trying to spread this message in Spanish. Guys, if you think that I'm, that nobody's listening and that what you say is not important, I am here to tell you that I listen to you carefully, I take notes, and then I go to Spanish-speaking countries and I repeat what you say, and it's working. We are 1,200 uh, members in Una Visión Para Ti in Spanish, and people are recovering in every single place in the world where Spanish is spoken, and it is because we together are studying this book day by day, and we do what we have to do. And it works in every single country where Spanish is spoken. It works in many other languages, I'm sure. But I am just so excited to tell you that what, if we do what we have to do, which is reading this book line by line, word by word, in community as we do here every morning, incredible, miraculous things happen to us and to, and to, and to, to everywhere in the world where people compulsively overeat. And, and, and the side effect is that I'm not hungry. I don't have any, you know, thoughts, food thoughts. I live in a very slender body that is very young for my age, and and I'm just happy, and and I'm never bored. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Marcella M. All right, Patricia K. Good morning. Patricia K. Press star one to unmute. What happened to you, Patricia Kay? Well, in the meantime... Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Yes, good morning. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I'm a compulsive reader and um, prior bulimic, and um, this is my first morning meeting in a few years. Um I tried it a few times before, but it never stuck. Um, I'm I'm suffering right now, and um, I'm I really hear a lot of recovery here, and it's giving me a lot of hope. And um, if I can if I can stay abstinent today, then that's that's a miracle. So far, I'm abstinent, and I consider that a miracle. And I don't understand why. Um, why we have this disease? Why I have this disease? But I do, and um, I accept it. 
and I accept the fact that the miracle can happen, and I, I do have hope, and I hear hope here, and I'm grabbing onto it with all all the strength I've got, and um, and I'm I'm hoping to find a sponsor, and um, I I'm just amazed at so that what people have, how people have spoken, and I thank you so much, and and God bless you, and thank you for your service. Thank okay. you, thank you, Patricia Kay. And you know, uh, well, introduce yourself later at the newcomers. Okay, thank you. Yes. All right. So I'm going to open it up again, but just as a reminder, we're on page 22. Reading the first and second paragraphs. Melissa C. All right, Melissa. Melissa, Chuck K. Shannon F. Was that Nancy who? P. Shannon. P. Okay, and Shannon S. Okay. Jen M. Jen M. All right, well, let's let's go with these five. Melissa, Chuck, Nancy, Shannon, and Jen. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Anita. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, like so many other people were saying, it's um, I can get stuck on the why, you know, why um and i think um what's important for me is um that i'm finding out through that paragraph like okay i'm not going to find out why but i'm also going to find out what didn't work you know and so what didn't work was um repeating (laughs) that behavior over and over again so i didn't learn from experience where I could in other areas of my life. I could actually have an experience and then alter my behavior so that I didn't have an experience again or have an experience that I liked and then repeat the behavior because I liked it. And I can't do that where food is concerned. You know, I'm unable to apply that. Um, And, you know, humiliating experiences, humiliation, it doesn't impress um, it doesn't make enough of an impression on my memory, you know, and, and, and common sense doesn't work. You know, I can have, like other people have said, I have incredible common sense around other areas of my life, and I cannot apply common sense, you know, to this. And so I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to find out, like, the great mystery of why, you know, the stars collided in a certain way, what my mother fed me, you know, if they held me a certain way or my birth order. Um, this book is not going to answer that, you know. Um, and I wasted a lot of time trying to delve at finding that out, you know. Um, I really thought that the key to me was going to be, you know, find out the mystery. Find out why it is that 
You know, you're so freaking fat and you can't stop eating. And if you find that out, then you won't be anymore. Like I still, even if I did find out, I would still have to do something about it. And it, it kind of made me think this morning, I was thinking about when my kids were babies and they were in daycare and they're, you know, and they would get sick sometimes, like with an ear infection or a strep throat. And some of the moms, myself included, would be on this path to figure out which kid had it first, you know, who had it, who brought it in. And, you know, and so what? Like, you still have to take your kid to the doctor and give them the antibiotic. And that's really, that, that's been the great, um, who cares how this happened? I love it. I'm, I'm a compulsive reader. That's enough of the explanation. And now the book can get on. Once I can identify that none of these other things work, now I can find out what I can do about it. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa. Chuck A and then Nancy P. You are up Hey, this, this is Chuck K from Atlanta, Georgia. And a lot of times, I'm newly recovered about two months, and a lot of times I'll ask that question to myself of why this or why that. And I have to remember that those, those questions aren't really mine to ask. Those are me trying to control things and me trying to slip back into that old way of living that got me up to over 400 pounds. And I have to remember that those questions God has the answers for. And I'll never have the answers for them no matter how hard I try, nor will anyone else. And I also like the analogy of our disease being similar to someone that has diabetes or cancer. Well, it's very easy to see in those cases, well, you know, there's nothing you can do about it by asking why. And then I have to turn my thoughts into what can I do? Well, there's a whole lot of things I can do in this moment. And those are the things that I have to, to work on. And I'm reminded of something that I heard in a meeting about a year ago, and they said that working or uh, figuring things out isn't a tool of the program. And that, that's, that phrase is very special to me because my mind wants to automatically go to how do I figure this problem out? And I just have to keep reminding myself over and over and over again that that isn't a question I'm going to ever get the answer for. And so I can go back and I can think about all the wonderful benefits I have from program, helping people, relationships, this feeling that I have that God is beside me all the time. I had it this morning when I'm a little bit down and things aren't going well for me, but I can still choose to have a great day. I can choose for God to take all of those emotions away, and then I can turn to somebody that I that needs help, and then I'm not focused on poor, pitiful Chuck. So I'm really grateful for those things. And uh, I'm just happy to be on the line this morning and listening to all the wonderful shares. They've meant a lot to me this morning. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chuck K. Nancy P., good morning. And then it'll be Shan Annette. Hi, Anita. Nancy P., thanks for letting me share. Yeah, the operative words here is um, once a certain point is reached, little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. So... Riddles are, by nature, sort of not very answerable unless you contort yourself. And it says back in the doctor's opinion that all that we need to care about is, you know, getting to the solution. 
and they tell us what the solution is. It's a split from science and it's a two-fold, two-part um, solution, spiritual and altruistic. And um, as long as I'm keeping in mind that I have to help other people, then I can keep my mind off the question why and why do I have this and keep my mind on the question, what do I have to do? And the answers are clean house, trust God and help others. Um, and I do the best that I can with those things. And, um, you know, they're, they're sort of a, a rolling admission. You know, sometimes I'm better at cleaning house. Sometimes I'm better at trusting God. Sometimes I'm better at helping others. But as long as I keep my eye on those three balls, <clears throat> excuse me, then I'm going to be okay. And it's funny because before I got recovered, all I thought about was why, why, why? And after I got recovered, I became equally focused on what do I have to do to, to keep this? What do I have to do to stay this way? I don't think about why anymore. I don't care. Um, because the energy that it took me, whenever I even contemplated stopping, just sent me right back to the couch. I just couldn't even imagine. And, and it was like I was paralyzed watching other people who could walk and thinking, how come them and not me? How come them and not me? And, and then when I got recovered, when I stopped just long enough to dial into this meeting, frankly, and, um, and I got a sponsor and I started working, then those questions, I, I dropped them off. It's like I took them off as, as casually as I took off a coat. And I thought, this can be me. That's what I thought. And, and I became recovered and I don't ever think about why. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's like the food. It doesn't exist for me. And um, I'm only focused on what's in front of me and what do I have to do to stay this way. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy P. Shannon S. and then Jen M. Good morning, Shannon. Hi, this is Shannon S. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning. This is Shannon S. from Littleton. I am a compulsive overeater and... I love this paragraph. Um, I used to joke that um, I had the disease of why, and I and I would also say, well, I'm just curious, and um, that's really not what was going on um, today. I see it as um, wanting to be in control and wanting to have power. And if I knew the why, if I could understand, um, then I could fix it. And if I could just understand what the right um, program is so that I don't compulsively overeat or what the right diet is so that I can be thin um, or um, what the right way is to deal with another person, um, then I won't have trouble. And so... Um, I worked really hard. The, the disease of why for me kept me working really, really hard because I was always trying to figure it out. Um, and I couldn't ever understand why my solutions um, weren't working, why self-knowledge was it really availing me nothing. Um, and so it was exhausting. And, and then I felt like I was always failing because, well, I have the knowledge, now I can fix it. Um, only that didn't work, and I go back to to what the what the um, 
crux of this program is, and it's to find a power greater than myself and to stay connected on a daily basis. And I don't need to know the why to do that. Um, and, and I truly go back to self-knowledge will avail me nothing. Um, and it's, and it's, about, it's not about Shannon being in charge and knowing the answers and being in self-will, um, but going to a power greater than myself. And, um, you know, the why kept me, um, kept me in self-will and kept me thinking that I had, had power that I don't actually have. So, um, you know, the, the, the most powerful three words that I can, um, that I can speak today are, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and when I say I don't know, then I get to take action, action that's laid out in, in the book for me. Um, and I get to go to my sponsor and say, hey, can I get some guidance? And I get to sit in meditation. Um, and so I do have answers. They're, they're just not held within me. Um, and so I wish you all a, a beautiful day. And, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Shannon S. Jen M., good morning. You are up. Good morning, everybody. This is Jen M. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater from Iowa. Uh, this is my first time sharing on this particular line. Um, today, though, when I opened up the book to see what we were going to be reading, I saw that the last time I had read it, I had the whole paragraph highlighted, and they had changed all the he's to I and all the drinks to bite, et cetera, to make it um, personable to myself. Um, I used to read this passage every day as part of my morning readings, and for some reason, I stopped doing that, most likely at the beginning of the relapse that I'm in right now. Um, so I'm very grateful that we read it today to bring it back to my attention. Um, it reinforces that I'm not alone and that these things all apply to me, and I need to remind myself of this daily again and also disregard the why and just read it to remind myself of um, the things that trigger me and um, the fact that, like I said, I'm not alone in this and that we all have the same things that we're fighting against every day. Um, I've gotten a lot, a lot today from everyone's shares, probably the most I've gotten in a long time. Um, I'm very grateful that you are all here and that you are willing to share um, because, like I said, I think I got someone something at least from each each one of your shares today and I'm also grateful that I'm able to dial in every day and that you are here and I am able to learn what I can from you and with that I will pass. Thanks so much Shanam. Keep dialing in. All right, there's time for three more. Darian K. Darian. Amy G. Leah M. And Leah, Mary G. And wonderful. Okay, that's it. Unless Mary, I don't think so though. But let's see. Okay, Darian Kay, you are up. Hi there, Anita. My name is Darian Kay. I'm from Massachusetts, recovered compulsive overeater, and very grateful to be on the line today. Um, I love listening to these um, amazing shares and thinking about the why, and we just we. For me, why do we need to be so intellectual about things? There's such a um, addiction is so baffling in so many ways, um, and it's so sad um, that we can't figure it out. But um, 
it also is so wonderful at the same time, such a paradox, that we can actually um, find a solution here, um, you know, in OA. And we can, we, we have some really solid black and white um, situations and ideas and tools that help us to um, actually battle this disease. Um, and we can work them every day. And if we do, we can actually have um, our disease arrested for you know this one day. And um, that makes that I don't know. That just makes me feel so grateful, so grateful that I found this program <clears throat> many years ago. And I was young then, and I I feel like I need it even more now. Um, I just um, I'm just so grateful that I have this in my life and that I can live my life a day at a time, knowing the the solution to uh, to this disease. And and you know, and I can work like I said, something each day. Every day, you know, I have something to work on, something to grab a hold of um, to, you know, make my life better, to make my heart more, you know, filled with love for myself and for others, and that I can help somebody else. I think that's just an incredible way to pass this um, gift on. So thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Darian Kay. Amy, Amy. Uh, Amy, what, what which Amy is this? You are up. Oh, uh, Jan, Amy G. Amy G, your turn. Good morning. Okay, great. Thanks. Hey, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Glad to sneak in here at the end. Oh, what an awesome meeting. Um, you know, for me, why does he behave like this? I like to take the tack of, you know, someone looking in to the insanity of my binging and, and my purging and going, why can't I leave it alone? And then not understanding, I mean, them seeing what compulsive overeating does to me without understanding what it does for me. And for me, looking for that sense of ease and comfort because I can't handle the buildup of human emotions that was so aptly described already today. And, and the insanity of it because of the mental obsession. Yes, what's the difference between them and me? It is the twofold nature of the disease. I have an allergy to certain food and food ingredients that create the phenomenon of craving where I can't stop. But worse still is this crazy mental obsession where in some areas I have plenty of common sense and willpower that I display with respect to other matters. But in this area, I am strangely insane. And that is so true for me. I mean, this whole thing with the diabetes and having cancer, of course, if I, if I have one of those diseases, it's not my fault, but I'm going to go do something about it. I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to try to get healthy because my thinking is clear. I'm sane. I know what I need to do to take care of myself. But no, 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 not with the compulsive overeater, not with my mental obsession, not with my mind. You know, the saying is a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. If I have the disease of compulsive overeating, which I do, I have a mental obsession that compels me again and again, regardless of the insanity and the consequences of my behavior, to pick up my binge foods. I don't react sanely. I don't react logically. It's insane. I may be sane in many, many other areas, but I can't leave it alone. And in how it works, it talks about this. I think it's page 60. You know, that the problem centers in my mind. My mind is not well in the way I react and to life and the way I handle my feelings. 
I don't want to live life normally. I don't want to feel I want to anesthetize. In step one in the AA 12 and 12, it says we have warped our minds with such an obsession, an obsession for destructive eating or drinking that only an act of providence, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, that's me adding that in there, in order to recover, an act of providence, an act of something outside of me and is greater than me. And thank God we have these 12 steps because I can't heal myself, not from compulsive overeating, not when I have the mental obsession. What is it? A pickle doesn't become a cucumber. I need this program desperately because I need something outside of myself. And the process of working these 12 steps is what gives me freedom and gives me sanity back, restores me to sanity. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, Amy Kay. And Leah M., you will be our last share. Thank you so much. Oh, I wanted to know why this was happening to me. You know, this disease wrapped its talons around my neck at a very young age and just continued to tighten the screws. You know, why was I behaving like this? Why was I (laughs) taking that first bite over and over and over again? I had stopped thousands of times, but I could never stay stopped, and I had no hope that my life would ever be different. And it was absent of any real quality of life at a very, very young age. I was self-destructing by my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. I mean, it was, it was a puzzle, and I certainly did investigate. And I was dying during the investigation because this disease isn't about uh, psychology, and it's not about medical science, and it's not about Freudian concepts. And I was dying uh, sitting on couches trying to figure out what the heck happened to me. You know, I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20. I cannot release myself out of the grips of this illness. I had a desperate desire to stop, but I saw no way out. And I earnestly tried many avenues of escape and nothing led me to freedom. I was painfully aware of being different from other people, but I didn't realize what it meant to be a real compulsive overeater. I did not know what that meant. And it took, uh, you know, being restored to sanity through the result, you know, through the work of these steps. I am happy to announce uh, that as a result of coming to Overeaters Anonymous, specifically with the help of someone in whom the problem had been solved, getting a copy of this book, cracking it open, and under the guidance of a man who knew what he was talking about and performing the requirements that are found in this book, I'm happy to announce that I've not changed my mind about picking up that first compulsive bite since January 19, 1987. And that is nothing uh, that came of me. I was suffering from a disease that only a spiritual awakening was going to conquer, and it was miraculous but not magical. (laughs) You know, I had to realize that I was never going to be a cucumber again. I was pickled. But I did have a choice whether I was going to cooperate with the grace of God. And cooperating with the grace of God meant the willingness to perform these requirements in this book under the help of someone in whom the problem had been solved and with that it was it was that I was led through to freedom you know and (laughs) I'm nobody special and this can happen to anyone and if anything you know when you visit this meeting may you find a message of hope and possibility because it is possible for each and every one of us and with that I pass thanks thanks so much Leah M 
I want to thank everyone who shared this morning. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's ID for, um, if you want to re-listen to this, is 12,813-12813. And we're uh, now going to close this, uh, this section with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And we'll, you know who you are. Um, Renee. Yes, Anita, it's Renee A. <laughs> Forgive me. That's okay. Go for it. Go, go. <laughs> Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.